can't believe this. <laughs> when God made my legs, he was like, let me make these so the fat comes out on the sides. Yeah. Then he did a chef's kiss. <laughs> Look at those legs. What, what do you slice them? Like ham? <laughs> I wish I wish that you would I wish that we were recording video. You make so many hand references while we're recording. Yeah, yeah, you do. We get some thigh and cheese, bro. A Thessalonian cheese. Oof. Anyway, that was a fun season, guys. <laughs> so thanks for great. listening to this wrap up episode. All right. Peace out. That was a cool season five. I have to say, like I said in the last episode, I feel like it went so quick, but it wasn't. You said we started recording when? In June? No, end of summer. Okay. So it's still been several months, but it doesn't feel like it. Well, I do have an interesting point about that, but I don't want to get into it yet. Why? Because we have a introduction segment. Do we? And in fact... For the wrap-up, we're, we're giving it to you special this time. Yes, we are. Breaking Throwback. I have breaking hey, news. Hey, hey, hey. You know how we start the show. Now nah, I'm only kidding. I wanted to bring it back to have you guys hear that to kind of just reminisce. But I do have some breaking news. This is the last episode of season five. What are you gonna do with that? I don't know. Five. Tell me now. <laughs> what are you gonna do with it? <laughs> Five. Nothing. Five. Well, now, to, now I don't have to do anything. I was just trying to help exactly. him out a little bit. Yeah, you're like a professional. Just trying to help him out. But we figured it's a recap episode. We might as well do it a little bit different and special. So we're gonna have Mark open us up. For this special episode. Oh, which one is it? Which one is it? Which one? Don't. Ah. Bible dingers ding or no ding. All right, guys. Do you like sushi? Yes. No. No. Why not? I like to cook whatever I eat. And I don't ideally like raw stuff. Hmm. Ryan over here loves his steak rare, mm-hmm. like while it's still barking and like the nerves are still yeah are still moving a little bit. I'm moving into medium well, so I can tolerate some red, but when it comes to raw stuff, I have trouble. Yeah, Nick on the other hand, like anything has to be cooked. He'll take the milk and he'll pour it into yeah. a pot and because it. he can't have like the raw yeah. or like the lettuce leaves in a salad. That that's going in a pan because mm-hmm. that's disgusting raw. Okay. It wasn't raw alive. lettuce is it disgusting. Was, n- none of that was alive with <laughs> it a is heartbeat. Alive. Yeah, with a heartbeat, it needs oxygen and blood. Yogurt is alive, pumping through yeah. it. Yogurt is alive. Cultures do, do not have blood in a heart. So when something has blood in a heart that pumps the blood through its body, when I eat it, I do not want my plate the to be filled with of blood underneath. Fish that, that you're eating does not have a heart. The section of fish does not have a heart. Wait, I see. You're I, still. I don't. I'm getting into fish, so I don't have a preference yet because uh, I really don't know how it's properly made. So I mm. cook it to the best of my ability, and I eat it. And if I like it, I'll eat it. And if I don't, I won't. You know how I it's like to cook as fish, that, really? You know how I like to cook it? You won't. I don't cook don't. it. Don't. Yeah. I just eat it. I insert fish. That's how I eat it. Oof. 
I think Nick is still following the Old Testament laws for. Oh. Yes, that's, that's really that's really what happened. I read Leviticus, and I said, "I don't want blood." Yeah, I want to be saved. Yeah, you know, saved by the. Well, blood. that seems opposite because you need blood to be saved. You don't have to eat it. Uh, well, that's unless Jesus unless says you have to drink my Catholic, blood. Unless you're Lutheran. Oh. In the transubstantiation. No, you're Lutheran. Well, they don't really. No, you're Lutheran. Oh. <laughs> But I really just wanted to say hi to Alex. Hi, Alex. Because hi, Alex. He's Lutheran. Yeah. Well, so I'm, that's what this was all about. Yes. Hi, yeah. Alex. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually have a headline. <laughs> hi, Alex. This is all about saying hi to our pod father. Mm. I was gonna say I'm like Ryan. I like my meat rare. Yeah. And I like sushi. Okay. Only recently I've started having sushi because Alyssa got me on it. It's delicious. It is. I can do sushi. If it's like a chicken tempura roll or something it's like not that, sushi. It is. It's I mean, it kind of is, but it's rice. fried chicken in seaweed and rice. Yeah. yeah, I can I can rock that. Yeah, but I'm not doing it with uh, some fresh baby fish raw. So fried chicken, r- rice, and seaweed is sushi. Why do you have to discriminate? I'm sorry. It's okay. I know. All right, you Why does ready? it have it's to okay. be raw? Yeah. It's the raw truth. I right do now. love raw chicken. The raw, the raw truth. truth. You ready for this, guys? Yes, I'm ready. Yes. Are you ready for this? Are Mark? you ready for this? <laughs> We're ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right, guys. Women. <laughs> Oof. I could see the connection. No ding. <laughs> Sushi and women. <laughs> raw fish and women. <laughs> women are not allowed to be sushi chefs. Oh. Where? Ding or no ding. Where? What, 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 you never clarify? No, but where? That's rule number one. You just obviously they're allowed to be sushi chefs in New York or New Jersey. Maybe, maybe not. How do you know that? I already know the answer. Okay, I guess I have mine too. Yeah, tooting or not tooting? That is the question. What is the answer? I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm looking in my brain at all the sushi places I've been at, and I, I can't see. A woman sushi chef in any of those places. Nick doesn't even have that experience. Yeah. Ding. I'm saying ding. Yeah, that women. The yeah, I I agree with the words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got it. Oh wow! Come on, read it to me. So, you know, it's not like a hard and fast rule, but there's a cultural bias hmm. against women being sushi chefs. Really? really? Yes. And I guess with this would be Japan is where it originates. Interesting. Um, let me see. Okay, I'll read this paragraph. Read me some deets, bro. Traditional Japanese chefs can give many reasons why a woman cannot take her place behind the counter at a sushi restaurant, especially notable restaurants like Sukiyabashi. Oh, yeah. Sukiyabashi, Jairo. Yeah, it's so known. The former... The former three Michelin star sushi restaurant, which no longer accepts bookings. Gyro Ono's Oh, son, yeah, I know Gyro. Yeah, I watched a documentary about him. Oh, cool. Yeah, keep going. Gyro Ono's son, Yoshikuza, explains in the Business Insider, the reason is because women menstruate. Oh, To wow. be a professional means to have a steady taste in your food, but because of the menstrual cycle, women have an imbalance in their taste, and that's why women can't be sushi chefs. Oh my gosh. What? That's intense, bro. <laughs> what? I got to tell you, I have two thoughts on this. My first thought is, uh, my wife and I have made sushi at home before, 
and she is a thousand times better at making sushi than I am. I have a really hard time rolling it and cutting it, and she can do it no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, he's saying they can't taste fish well. I see that. I, I, I can see what he's saying there. My second thought on that is um, I can see the point because God did clearly define roles in the Bible. And I believe that Paul said, wives, submit to your husbands. Don't make sushi. Oh, I was yeah. like, where is he going yeah. with this right now? In, uh, you know, but I can <laughs> see the point, though, of how women have bad taste. Oh my god, where's this going? Because Ryan's wife married him. Oh, okay. so we're going wow. there. It's obvious that she has some, some women taste. can have, yeah, clearly not in fish, clearly. but in men, yeah, that you know look I mean? like fish. <laughs> yeah, clearly, what fish would you be, Ryan? Um, probably a tuna <laughs> because I'm so common and basic and. And I'm I'm also good mixed with mayonnaise on a piece of toast. <laughs> I would think I'd be a cheetah, a cheetah fish, a cheetah fish. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I'd create my own fish. Well, guys, just so you know, um, the the tides are changing. Oh, there's being there's a cultural shift going on, and um, you know, not everyone feels the same way. Uh, there's a teacher at the Tokyo Sushi Academy that believes that the women uh, make up that less than ten percent of sushi chefs. But there are aspiring women chefs who are hoping to change the stereotypes because, as one chef simply puts it, being a sushi chef is a really fun job. Oh. Mm. So, you know, we're trying to change the, uh, the really sexist thing. thing that's going on. With yeah. <clears throat> I didn't realize that uh, sushi was so polarizing like that. Yeah. It's cultural. It I is. don't see any other <clears throat> culture making sushi. I think it well, is. Well, here in America, um, maybe. I don't know. What I do find funny is that, along with you earlier, I I pretend knew what restaurant you were talking about, and then I actually do know mm-hmm. what restaurant you're talking about. Yeah, because I watched um, I dream of sushi. Daddy loves docs. I I dream of sushi documentary. Daddy loves docs about his restaurant. Yeah, was that Netflix? Doc. I think it was on Hulu. Hulu doc. Yeah, but yeah, he has like four seats, and what he does is he like puts sushi. With his hand in front of you on no plate, I think. And you just eat it like that. But it's probably the most amazing thing you've ever eaten. Supposedly. I honestly, you know, I I can't tell, like, great sushi. I mean, I I can tell when it's bad. It's it's usually when there's, like, just a boatload of rice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, like, not good. Like, rubbery. But I, I wouldn't be able to... I feel like I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between like an amazing piece of sushi and like a, a good piece of sushi. I don't get it. You're not cooking anything. You're taking raw fish and you're rolling it. Well, it's delicious. The, the art is in the picking of the fish, mm-hmm. I think. And you pair it with other stuff like cucumber or yeah, other things. Uh, but these like master sushi chefs go to the fish market and they like analyze the fish and they're like, this is going to be the best tasting one based on all kinds of parameters. Okay. Yeah, so uh, season five wrap-up, fellas. My first question to you is, what song do you think I'm going to play for our introduction? We are family. That's exactly what I thought you were going to play. Yeah. 
I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Yeah, good gracious. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what I thought you would play. Yeah, do you know why I asked you that question? Why? It's because I was going to start getting into the episode by asking you an actual question, and then I remembered, oh, I haven't yet played the introduction uh, music to the episode. So ask Smooth. me some questions, man. So my question to you guys is, as always, what was your favorite episode of season five? You have to look at what your favorite was. What they are. Did you write it down somewhere? Just look on Dropbox. Did you put in your notes and say, this was my favorite episode of season five? And what if I did? <laughs> Are you going to judge me? <laughs> we had a lot of interviews. We did. And they were all like back to back. They were. And then we had a lot of book episodes that were back to back. All yeah. the interviews were sort of front loaded in the season. And then we really got into like six straight books after that. This season, I enjoyed Roman's. Mm. because it is for me it had a special moment for me because i feel like bible lingers is really growing connecting with Dwayne and the bar network and going to g3 and networking with so many people i feel like that's the episode i'm going to look back at in the future and be really grateful for all the moves that we're making in the ministry mm-hmm. um yeah i agree having Dwayne on was cool yeah um, I remember, I forget if it's first or second Corinthians, but we were just like cracking up for a really long time. Yeah. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some like good preachable moments in those because it's a hot topic to talk about spiritual gifts, but, uh, I think we handled it with level heads. I think so. I mean, yeah, we except, have our biases. But. Except for when I went all preacher. Yeah, one of, one of those episodes. I think it was Colossians. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's probably my favorite. My I don't know favorite what you're going to do with that, but I did go all preacher style. What, when you're like, the gifts have ceased. No, I, <laughs> Enough. I, no, I didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> Cease with this argument. <laughs> do not continue. Uh, yeah, I think Colossians, when you went on that uh, interesting little preaching rant there, was, uh, <laughs> that was a blast. Actually, what was he preaching about? I don't remember. I don't remember. But I just remember it was impactful. Just just not that impactful <laughs> not that to where I remember what it is. It wasn't impactful to the point where you'll learn anything, but it was impactful to the point where you'll probably be entertained depending on what Mark does with the sound. Right. Yeah, I guess it's of note that we haven't yet heard Colossians. Uh, yeah. Because we... We uh, recorded it yesterday. And recorded it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some of these I can't remember... Because we recorded them like over a month ago. Yeah, that's what I was also going to mention. You guys started the beginning of the episode talking about when we started recording. But as I'm thinking about it, it feels as if we recorded like the Michael Horton interview a very long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Like it feels yeah. like a year ago. Well, the interviews that we've done that in the past just because it's hard to get any date yeah. with the guest. I was listening actually to the season four wrap up episode a few weeks ago and in that episode we mentioned uh we have to go because we have an interview in a couple minutes and that interview was the wayne grudem interview Mm -hmm. uh that we released remember when wayne grudem said yes to us oh my gosh man i almost cried it was a fun moment i almost cried dude remember when because we're necessarily (laughs) aligned but we've been trying to get wayne for years years and years and years and they kept saying no yeah do you remember when i thought i lost the episode oh my gosh i almost cried 
I almost cried, dude. So did I. Um, yeah, we. Uh, Doctor Grudem is just an absolute legend. Uh, if if you if you've been into theology, if you've gone to any kind of Bible college or anything like that, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology is like one of the first books that you ever purchase or anything. It's it's widely considered to be one of the best systematic theology books ever written in the history of the church. Mm-hmm. And it's it's he's a modern day guy. He's he's alive today. And so um, we've been trying to get him on for years since the show started he was the first person i thought of like i want to have dr grudem on the show one day and so when we finally got a yes uh, because he's he's an incredibly busy guy of course we finally got a yes dude i I, like dropped my phone i was like this is crazy i couldn't believe i couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it my favorite guest for the episode on a personal level is probably tom schreiner yeah because years ago i don't know if i told you about him or if you knew about him but when I was just started preaching, he's one of the ones that I would like binge listen to mm-hmm. with his preaching because mm-hmm. he's so expositional and I admire him a lot. So as far as a guest, he was probably my favorite guest. Do you guys have favorite guests? Wayne Grudem for I, you? Ryan? I did like Tom Schreiner a lot. He was very uh, like personable, easy to follow. Yeah. But he was a clear speaker. Yeah, yeah I think... Um as far as favorite guest, yeah, probably on a personal level, it, it was Wayne Grudem, just because he he was such a a, a legend to me, going into recording um, the show. But Ooh. probably on a presentation level, I think uh, Dr. Schreiner was probably my favorite. Probably the best. I yeah. really appreciate uh, his genuineness. I think because this is something that uh, a friend from church and I were talking about on Sunday is that. I actually really respect it when theologians will not take a hard stance and never change that stance for the course of their career. I've seen Dr. Schreiner change his opinion on what he thinks the Bible Several is saying. Times, yeah. And to me, that's not a sign of wishy-washiness. To me, that's that's a sign of humility and allowing the Bible to lead you into your conclusions and not forcing the Bible to tell you, not forcing the Bible to support your biases yeah and mm-hmm. so i i have always respected that about dr schreiner that he will be honest and genuine with what he thinks the bible is saying because that's one thing i, I can't stand is when people will take a hard line and they will just make the scriptures support what they say and then just carry that opinion for their the mm-hmm. entirety of their mm-hmm. career yeah. yeah and another thing that i would like to say is Michael Brown probably did the best presentation of Arminianism I was that I've ever heard. Mention Michael Brown, yeah, yeah. Um, and for those of you listening that are like, I don't like Michael Brown or whatever the case may be, I feel like I need to speak to you for a moment. Oh snap! I am delivered. Just because we don't agree with some of the things that he believes does not mean that a he's not a brother in Christ, and b he did not hit that that presentation out of the park. Yeah. Because it is by far the best Arminian presentation I have ever heard. Mm-hmm. Crystal clear, very biblical. And if you're not sure about that topic, not whether you are an Arminian or not an Arminian, you should know about that topic because it is relevant, it is important. And if you're going to be biased and believe what you want to believe or whatever you've learned to believe, you should be able to defend that by knowing other people's beliefs as well. Yeah, and I... I- I also want to say something there. It's it's like I think that by only listening 
to people that have the same belief as you, the same opinion as you, and never listening to somebody that has a differing opinion, I find that to be pretty foolish because it's like you are not even giving a chance to the to somebody else's view. And by not doing that, you are saying you know 100% absolutely that your view is correct. And I find that to be suspect. I feel like people that take that hard line that think that we shouldn't have people like Michael Brown or Leighton Flowers on the show, I would be blown away if a single one of those people could argue their point well enough to win them in a debate. Exactly. Yeah. I, I believe Michael Brown and Leighton Flowers would absolutely smoke most of these people that take a hard line against having them present their views their view yeah on the show and, and another thing is we're not present we're not having them present one of the craziest views that they have that that people think is like like heresy so to speak that's what they call it yeah. we have them presenting uh a, a well-known term that people need simple definitions for. Mm -hmm. In the case of, of Flowers, I mean, he's the one and only guy that believes that. But if I'm wrong in my beliefs and Flowers is right, which I'm not saying is the case, I still want to learn what his beliefs are so that I can better defend mine. You know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've heard you mention that that reasoning quite a bit and that and that could be a reason why but i actually take a little bit of an issue with that reasoning as well mm -hmm. because if you're if you're also only listening to what people have to say just to further defend dig your heels into what you believe that's also sort of not well, really being open to the, what I'm the evidence is you don't go into it with that purpose mm -hmm. but if that's what comes out of it then it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree 100%. 100%. It's not like I'm going in, maybe you didn't clarify. It's not like I'm going in listening to Flower saying, I'm biased and he can't change my mind. Saying, I need to know what he's saying so that I can no, argue against no. him. No, what I need to do is do exactly what Mark and I were talking before we even started talking. Lining up everything we see and hear with scripture. That's what Sola Scripture is all about. And we, we just work together on a separate project for my school, you know lining up everything we hear and see, compare it to scripture, and if it aligns, we change our mind. Yeah. And if it doesn't align, we get grounded where to as to where we were before. 100%. So there's two things you can do. You could either wake up and say, wait, that's what the Bible actually says, or you can ground yourself further into the Word and mm -hmm. say, I'm, I'm growing in the knowledge of the Bible, and it's a good thing because I didn't believe in cancel culture. 100%. Yeah. I think um, it's dangerous when we get into echo chambers yeah. and we see the damage, you know, the um, stubbornness that that creates. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's like people will, I've seen get upset at certain guests that we have on the show. We never say that we agree with everything that our guests say. We're just trying to uh, have a place for conversation. Yeah. And we also want to learn about these different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I know about myself. I just like to learn many different things. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking to defend a point. I hardly ever arrive on, you know, whether I'm pre-mill, a-mill, whatever it is, you know, Arminian. I, I don't really identify with any of that stuff because I'm just curious. I just want to know what it is. I don't feel like I need to make decisions about those. It's tertiary, right? Yeah. It's, it's not salvation. Yeah. Um, so that's how I approach it. And even like 
becoming a Christian and learning about all these different things, you know, I've noticed that it's kind of softened my heart to not take these hard stances and fall into, uh, you know, towing the line of whatever there is to tow, Mm -hmm. you know, dispensationalism, uh, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to bring that into the other areas of my life, like politics. Yeah. And tried to not be so dogmatic about a position Mm -hmm. because you know you i've gotten to that place in my life in the past and then i i kind of you know you have to be self-reflective and you're like wait why am i being so dogmatic about this position yeah i don't really know all of the facts right yeah and uh yeah can it's damaging i definitely used to be that way and it it hurts your witness as a christian for sure yeah for sure i i used to be that way and and to be honest that's kind of i want to word this carefully but when you're raised a Baptist and you're raised a Calvinist, that's kind of the danger that you're in if you're not careful, is being dogmatic and not knowing why, and being biased and not knowing why. Hmm. I was raised a Baptist and, and a Calvinist, so I'm, I'm just as much as those things now that I, am, that I was before. But you have to stop and say, do I actually know why I believe what I believe or am I just saying what I've heard growing up? Mm-hmm. And and you got so eventually, no matter what uh, theological position you take, you got to shake yourself and check yourself and make sure you're not being prideful and dogmatic and just trying to point out heresies in every corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I've had the privilege, I, I suppose you could say, of uh, being sort of all over the board in my upbringing. You know, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and then I went to a dispensational college. And now I find myself in a reformed church. And so uh, I don't know if I've necessarily had to fight that battle that that, um, somebody that has grown up and is still currently in one, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, denomination Mm -hmm. or school of Christian thought. I I, uh, I suppose I'm, I'm I'm lucky in that sense that I've I've got, I've been all over the theological board, and yeah. so now well, it's kind of like see, I can figure yeah. out which yeah, one's the most biblical at this point. But I had yeah. a small experience um, in an AG church too, mm-hmm. a couple of years, six seven years or something like that. So I got to see what the other side looks like a little bit, not as much as Ryan, but yeah. But I could I could definitely know where I belong more. Yeah, you know, it's a very real thing to grow up uh, if you're brought up as a Christian. And you're just only ever fed that one denomination. Mm-hmm. It's a very real thing to be stuck in that. And yeah. I would say yeah. that, that described my childhood. And then, you know, we went to the same AG church. I went from like really traditional, um, uh, what would you call it? Opposite of, I, I don't know if it was reformed, but I don't know. Really traditional, almost fundamentalist mm-hmm. Christian upbringing to then AG. And um, that helped kind of like balance me out a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's so it is, I think, necessary that to be balanced out. Mm-hmm. You know. I think it's important to say, regardless what denomination you think you hold to, wherever you're at, the main focus is the Bible. If you're in a church that's expositing the Word of God, verse by verse, line by line, cares about context, historical context, that's what we discuss on the show, and they care about diving into Scripture each and every week, chances are you're at the right place. Yeah. But if it's just sugarcoaty stuff, if they don't even open the Bible once— Regardless if you're AG or or Baptist or whatever denomination you're in, I don't care if you're in a Baptist church. If they're not opening up their Bibles on a weekly basis and caring about exposition, I'd say you're probably at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. That's 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 my bias. But so, guys, season six is coming up. 
And it is going to be the final season of going through the Bible. We are going to hit Revelation in the next season. That's crazy to me. Is that going to be one episode? Revelation? Absolutely. Wow. You think so? I think so. Oof. If we can do Jeremiah or Psalms in one that episode. That is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That is very true. And the thing is, uh, you know, if there's an incredibly hard topic, we'll usually just give a brief overview and then let the experts decide. Yeah. So I can't see us going into season six and not having eschatological experts at the end of it. You know? Yeah. Do we have people in mind for that? We have people in mind. This is so this is something different. We we're usually much further into the season when we're recording the wrap up. We're we're actually uh severely more responsible in season five than we have been in past seasons as far as being on time with recording. A lot of times when we get to the wrap up episode, like it releases like the next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're we're so far removed from the end of this season. It's it's not gonna end for like two and a half more months. And so we, we have yet to book the interviews for season six. Um but we we definitely have people in mind. We just haven't we just haven't booked them yet. Yeah. I got a couple of ideas too. We're gonna go through um first Timothy. Uh, this is just a, just a teaser for season six. I suppose we can we can go ahead and do that. We're going to go through First Timothy, which uh, talks heavily about the qualifications of elders, as it was Paul's letter to Timothy, instructing him on being a pastor. And so uh, the big debate that comes with that book is the complementarianism versus egalitarianism, uh, whether or not women can be pastors of churches. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a topic that we tackle in season six, have yeah. a couple different perspectives on that. Whether or not women can be sushi chefs, right? Whether they can be sushi yeah. chefs, that will follow uh, yeah. first and second sushi-isms. You should have you kept that for first, <laughs> first yeah. second. <laughs> and then, of course, Revelation will have uh, eschatology folks on. And I was also thinking maybe Hebrews uh, because uh, so many there's views. a lot of debate on who the who author of it. Hebrews is. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could potentially have a couple perspectives on that as well. I find it crazy interesting at G3. I forgot who was next to us. One of the... Carpe Fide? No, not them. One of the stations next to us, just he stops me and I was walking um, through that, you know, where the tables were. And he stops me. He goes, hey, you're a Bible guy, right? I go, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who wrote Hebrews? Oh... What are you doing to me, bro? Yeah. I don't even know you. Yeah, I was no like, I'm curious. Who do you think? Do you think it was Paul? I was like, I think whoever wrote it really enjoyed coffee. Would you like a sample? Oh, and, <laughs> man. And I pulled out a bag of, of Coronado coffee out of my pocket and oh I gave him one. Oh, my gosh, bro. That is so brutal. Um, <clears throat> it was genius. I think it was Luke. What? Luke. It, the person was obviously Jewish. Luke's a Gentile. Obviously? Yes. The way that, how well he knows Jewish culture. So? Luke was a doctor. You don't think he's a smart guy to know <laughs> Jewish culture? That's a different specialty. Do you know anything about, like, Mexican culture? Do you know about the Day of the Dead? Yes, and... but I'm not as, like, really familiar with it. Like, a pastor. It's because you don't like... want to be. It's definitely not Paul. I'll tell you that much. Well, I don't think it's Paul or Luke. It's 100% not Paul. Who do you think it is? I, we just don't know. Well, I am 100% sure it's not Paul. It was Moses. I'm sure it's not Luke. Because in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews claims to have never seen uh, Christ. And Paul, with all of the times he's defended his apostleship in the other books, 
and his uh, experience with Christ would never in a billion zillion years say that he had not seen Christ. And the writer of Hebrews says that. So I don't, I don't think it's Paul. But anyway, I don't season know. six, guys. <laughs> I don't know who it is, and I don't pretend to know, but it's definitely an interesting topic to yeah. dive into. Yeah. It was Luke, so. Well, yeah. Luke is the last person I would ever say. <laughs> you know, we're going to draw a line in the sand right here, and we're going to say. It was Luke. I'm going to be dogmatic about this. I'm going to be dogmatic. If you don't think it's Luke, then you're not a Christian. Anyway, if you so happen to click on this episode <laughs> and you're like, what is going on? This is typically not the way our episodes work. We usually have structure, but it's a recap episode. We just wanted to show you guys a little bit of our hearts. But if you click on our other stuff and you really, really love uh, what you hear and what we present as a ministry, where can they find more about us, Ryan? So we have uh, all of our links posted on our website, which is BibleDingers.com. And on that said website, you can find all our podcast episodes. You can find the videos that we post to YouTube blog posts about me section my myspace top eight is on there everything that you need to know about us is on there um also if you guys enjoyed our content so much that you would like to support us um in finances ways um which we would very much appreciate you can for as little as one dollar a month on our patreon account and you can become part of by being a card-carrying member of Dinger Nation, you will receive early release episodes a week before the rest of the world. You will release. You won't release, release anything. <laughs> you will receive in the release name of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you will release joy. You will receive in the name of the Holy Spirit outlines of episodes. You will receive group chat invitations in the name of the Holy Spirit. And all this, I pray in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, if you like that her- heresy, <laughs> if you like heresy, if you like that so heresy, seed in Bible <laughs> and you love us, and feel free love me. to go on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and search at Bible Dingers across the board. And while you're there, just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Hit subscribe, hit follow. Most importantly, ding on. Bible Dingers. Bible Dingers. Embrace the The name of that song is Sad Song. And do you know why I played sad song? I am our squid. At the end? Because it's the last song. You're sad. Because I'm so sad. I'm sad.